0: cinema obscura.
1: From KYW in Philadelphia, it's a look at movies that may not exactly be considered mainstream and certainly had a limited run upon release, but nonetheless worth a look. This week, it's a look at two vintage films, the 1934 horror exploitation movie, Maniac, and 1968's Skidoo. I'm Steve Nikhazy, and I'm joined by independent Philadelphia filmmaker Andre Bennett. Andre, how you doing today?
0: I am uh, doing okay, considering we've watched these movies. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was a uh, tough duty this week with these films, oh, my but goodness. Uh, very interesting stuff. We begin with a story of a vaudeville performer who takes a job as a lab assistant to a research scientist experimenting on reanimating dead tissue, one of her favorite topics. When yeah. the doctor is accidentally killed during one of his experiments, the assistant assumes the doctor's identity and continues his work in Maniac. Oh my goodness, this movie. <laughs> Where do you start with this one? I don't know. I really don't. OK,
0: so Maniac is a very loose adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat. The cast includes a man named Bill Woods. He stars as uh, Mr. Maxwell, the uh, the lab assistant. This was his only movie. He never acted again and he ended up becoming a makeup artist.
1: Fascinating. So, yeah.
0: After this movie, who, who would blame him? This is
1: awful. And this movie has a little bit of everything. It has women fighting. It has necrophilia. It has nudity, frontal nudity. And uh, there is an eyeball snack scene, too.
0: Yeah, this one is pretty grotty. There's, a, there's cat fighting. Uh, there's a, an actress named Phyllis Diller who is not the comedian Phyllis Diller who plays, um, mm-hmm. who plays a blackmailer who ends up getting into a cat fight with uh, Mr. Maxwell's wife. And if you describe it to somebody, they'd be like, "Wow, this movie sounds uh, kind of crazy." I'm like, "It's it. No, it's terrible. This is, this is like this is oh my god." And it has themes that that kind of appeal to me, like the whole you know identity thing. Maxwell kills Dr. Meyer Schmidt because Meyer Schmidt wants him to uh, kill himself. So Maxwell's like, uh, "No," <laughs> and he kills him. And then, you know, takes his identity because he's this great uh, impressionist and he slowly kind of starts to become him mentally too and he's like losing his sanity. Uh, The one thing I can say about this movie, if, uh, if you actually do decide to watch it, and fortunately it's only like 50 minutes, 51 minutes, so it's not that long. You could get through it. It feels like losing your sanity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there there are scenes where you're really you really have the perspective of somebody who is psychotic yes. because of all this weird stuff going on in the background.
0: Yeah. They took scenes from other movies and superimposed them onto the frame to look like uh, this guy is having these weird delusions. And then they have these uh, moments where they, they break from the action to have uh, these blocks of text uh, describing various psychoses and uh, disorders. I, I don't know if this is, like, supposed to be some sort of pretense towards education, mm-hmm. but it just breaks the momentum.
1: Entertaining and informative. <laughs>
0: yes, very informative <laughs> at least. And then there are these weird non-sequitur scenes that are, like, barely related to the plot and drag on. Like the scene with the neighbor's cat farm where he's talking about the you know, the rats that eat cats. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like it, – it, it, there's a movie called Gummo from the 90s by Harmony Kareen. And this scene almost reminded me of Gummo. I, I, I told my uh, girlfriend about this movie, and she had assumed that the the scene where the where Maxwell pops a pops a cat's eye out of its socket and eats the eye would have reminded me more of that. And I'm like, uh, that's about as messed up as something you would see in Gummo. Yes, yeah. totally, because that movie has also casual cruelty towards animals. This mm-hmm. this movie is just unpleasant
1: yeah we don't know if if the cat actually (laughs) went through this ordeal or if it was a one-eyed cat to begin with
0: i'm hoping i'm hoping it was because it looked like a bean or something that got popped out and then it's like a fake human looking eye and i'm like you know this movie just like that made me kind of ill
1: yeah that is that is one of the scenes that has uh, anybody who's seen this movie talking about perhaps the the very first reference and, uh, you know, not exactly not exactly a cult movie, but something that, uh, you, you know, is so dark that it, it, it would wind up on a lot of people's lists.
0: Yeah, and it's something that you definitely have to uh, kind of look for because it's not super readily available, although it is in the public domain. Riff tracks I think, took it on too. Oh, OK, so the alternate title for this movie is Sex Maniac. And that probably is because of the scene where Mr. Uh, where Maxwell, who's impersonating this, this mad scientist, in, uh, is asked by this lady, um, Mrs. Buckley, Phyllis Diller, to, uh, to uh, help her husband like who's going through some sort of weird uh, whatever. He accidentally injects him with adrenaline, which causes him to go into this violent rage. He grabs a woman, this woman who just happens to be there. She's got this faraway look in her eyes. He grabs her runs off with her, and, oh my god, A, why does, this in, why does this need to be in the movie? B, I made note of this question, and this could apply to basically everything we talk about in this entire episode. What the hell was the point of this? You're right.
1: <laughs> what and was the point? Yeah, exactly. Well, it would have wound up being a 40-minute movie then. <laughs> uh, here is a clip from 1934's Maniac. I have it. You know my powers. You have worked with me. You have faith in me. Here, take this. Take it, and take your life, and I will give it back to you. My living heart shall be
0: in your body, and will live again. Only think of it. You will live. (laughs) You will live. (laughs)
1: Live. Murder, murder, and of my benefactor. Horrible. You have so much to give the world.
0: Has he? Why should the unconscious peace of the dead be disturbed? Isn't the spark that moves the maggot
1: the self spark that moves the man? Preserving that spark in the individual is not important. What we do with the spark while we have it is important. In Myers shows the spark is gone. In Maxwell, it lives. In, in 1934, this must have been very naughty to see.
0: Yeah, with all the uh, the violence and and the nudity, it's a very it's a raw movie for its time. Uh, it's a raw movie, period. Uh, but that that scene was. Um, with the, the, the scientist Meyer Schultz telling his assistant to kill himself so he can put another person's heart in his chest and bring him back to life, and then Maxwell saying uh, no and shooting him. And it, it, to Bill Wood's credit, he's functionally playing two characters, and he embodies that well enough. I just wish this movie was um, – I just wish it was good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. If, if you have an hour, check it out. Maniac from 1934. And bring friends. Cinema Obscura. Next up, a retired gangster is called back into service by a mob kingpin named God to carry out a hit on a fellow mobster who is behind bars. He winds up in prison and accidentally takes an acid trip in 1968's Skidoo. And this movie features an all-star cast and a respected director. What could go wrong? Everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, oh my goodness, it has
0: Jackie Gleason, Carol Channing, Frankie Avalon, mm-hmm. Frank Gorshin, Mickey Rooney, Burgess Meredith, John Philip Law, Austin Pendleton, George Raft, Cesar Romero, Peter Lawford, Slim Pickens, Richard Keel, and uh, Groucho Marx in his final film role yeah, yeah. as uh,
1: as as a crime boss named God. Did you mention the nearly naked Carol Channing? Well, I was going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: god. So, and Otto Preminger who directed uh, uh Laura and mm-hmm. uh, and and uh In Harm's Way. Uh, yeah, and Anatomy of a Murder. This was as he was kind of in his decline. He made he decided he wanted to make a counterculture comedy. So, he set out and uh, got this insanely stacked cast. I mean, you can't overstate how huge this cast was, especially at this – especially in
1: 68. I mean, yeah. I mean I mean, yeah. all of these people were regular faces on primetime TV.
0: Yeah. And, and Gleason was like super committed to this role, more so than it deserved. It, it, it's not very funny. <laughs> it, it really isn't. Uh, I mean Jackie Gleason, watching it again, I, I just noted how surprisingly intense he was until the drug freakout scene where he just kind of – Makes weird uh, sounds.
1: Yeah, and and drugs play a big, big part in this movie. I mean, there's marijuana and uh, and eventually, of course, LSD. Oh yeah. And I understand Preminger' word is he took an acid trip to try to get into the frame of mind. So did Groucho. Actually, Groucho
0: took acid to prepare for the role as well. Um, and Preminger.
1: Uh, I, and we're talking about an 87 year old man doing this.
0: Yes, this was one of the most ill-conceived movies I've ever watched. The first time I saw it was in 35mm in a theater, so you had all these people just marveling at it. It's so it's so amazingly bad, and it's best to see it like with people, like, so you can just make fun of this movie, because otherwise I don't know, it's it's kind of rough going if you're watching this by yourself. Here's the thing all these people are n- not terrible it's just that the script and, and, and I should mention with the script, Rob Reiner was apparently brought in Uh, to do an uncredited rewrite to punch up the hippie scenes Mm. which are terrible (laughs) the hippie (laughs) scenes are terrible (laughs) except for the one scene with uh and I think we have this one with John Philip the first time we see John Philip Law who's actually kind of funny in this because he's just so deadpan and uh it's him talking to Gleason's daughter can we
1: run this clip here's a clip from Skidoo man how I wish I could be nothing what? nothing nothing If you can't dig nothing, you can't dig anything, you dig. You mean, if I could be nothing, I would be everything? You dig? I mean, like, that's why the establishment cats are not making it. They're digging
0: the nine-to-five bag, rush of the city. <laughs> what's happening in the news instead of what's happening in themselves.
1: Tony, totally what is she? dig? Now I see what you mean. Everything we need is right here inside ourselves
0: dig i mean like the vibrations are there dewdrop you know i really think we could make it you and i i really feel we could make it
1: gosh tony it's not a mala brother it's an indian he's not an indian he's bleeding tony i think it's one of those hippies that's it and no lousy hippie Daddy. is gonna make it with my daughter oh okay
0: <laughs> yeah that scene is actually I, I enjoyed john philip law in this movie,
1: and. Again,
0: Gleason was scarily committed. Uh, The plot, not that it matters, basically, uh, Gleason plays a former hitman who is reluctantly pressed back into service to uh, break into prison and murder his friend, who is currently doing time and about to uh, turn state's evidence. Unfortunately, he falls in with uh, one of his cellmates, does acid, and then he's accidentally dosed and ends up freaking out. Meanwhile, uh, you've got all these uh, hippies that his daughter brings home and his wife, Carol Channing, who she's uh, very accommodating of. Then you've got her trying to find out what happened to her husband and uh, trying to, I guess, seduce Frankie Avalon, which is where we get the uh, half-naked Carol Channing, um, mm-hmm. which I'll never get out of my right. – I can never unsee that.
1: And the, and a kidnapping.
0: Yes. You've got um, – yeah, you've got the – you've got uh, – God, quote-unquote, the mob boss, uh, kidnapping his daughter and being a terrible old lech. And then Carol Channing, when the hippies storm God's boat, she just does this impromptu musical number. She sings the title song. And (laughs) I was going to say I was enjoying the soundtrack because Nielsen, up until that point. I mean I I like Carol Channing. Uh, Hello, Dolly, iconic. Sure, yeah. um. I do not care for her in this movie for the most part.
1: Yeah, and uh, you're, you're speaking of Nielsen, Harry Nielsen, who wrote the music and also appears in the film as yes. a as a prison guard, a tower guard, and he sings the closing credits of this movie.
0: Yeah, um, on one hand, that's impressive. On the other hand, it's – the joke wears thin <laughs> about uh, 30 or so seconds, not even 30 seconds into it, but it's kind of in that madcap – vein of of this movie and i wish it was better it's a curiosity it's definitely worth seeing if you want to have friends over and just uh,
1: marvel at the badness yes the the sheer awfulness of this movie skidoo from 1968 and you can find it on dvd it is available on dvd and blu-ray all right closing thoughts this week andre
0: let's be better to ourselves next time
1: Yes. And, and not necessarily see Maniac, although, you know, it's worth a look. Yes. Thank you, Andre. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Cinema Obscura. And I'm Steve Nikhazy, along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscura is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. For more shows, check out the new Radio.com app. Also on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening.
0: No daughter of mine is going to marry any hippies.
1: Hippies don't even get married.